You are listening to the Do Good Podcast, where our goal is to align entrepreneurs, creatives, and anyone working to create something meaningful in the world, bringing together those in business, the arts, technology, social impact, and so much more to benefit and create win-wins from our diverse expertise and experience. And most importantly, feel a shared mission, feel a camaraderie being a guest or a listener towards improving the world around us and the quality of our lives. We can live an amazing future together, but we have to make it happen together. Everybody, let's make it happen. In just a moment, you're going to hear my conversation with both the co-founders Lizzie and Julia of Maker Girl. Maker Girl creates 3D printing educational programs for young girls ages 7 to 10 in Chicago and a lot of other places around the US to get young girls interested and engaged in STEM. That's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Changing the stigma on what girls should be interested in in terms of their education and careers and empowering our future workforce. Because if our workforce is more balanced out in places that it's imbalanced today, like science and technology, there are going to be so much benefits to the kinds of innovations we'll create in our economy as a whole. And we talked about why this is a cause, regardless of who we are, men or women, that everybody should be supporting. Let's jump right into it. I am so, so excited right now to be sitting with the two co-founders of Maker Girl recording the Do Good podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Your guys' day is going okay so far. It's kind of early. We, we got here, we're <laughs> recording right now, it's six in the morning. Uh, it was, it was a little bit of a ask, but you guys were willing. You yeah. did it. We pulled through. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. Can we describe a little bit more about what this gap looks like in STEM? Let's just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So based off of our research with Girl Scouts, we found that 57% of college graduates are women. However, 20% of STEM majors are held by women. So there's this huge gap of women pursuing STEM in their careers. And that starts with just pursuing an interest in STEM um, at home and in high school. So what we do is we educate 7 to 10 year old girls in STEM so that by the time that they enter high school, they're already interested in the field. And then by the time that they're in college, um, they hopefully would pursue a STEM major. I imagine there's probably like several reasons why this systemic gap exists, but you're saying that you think it's mostly due to not cultivating that interest or encouraging that interest at an early age. Definitely. Um, I think men and women both have the same capabilities and capacities to pursue STEM. Uh, it's more of a matter of garnering that interest at a young age because um, a lot of young people don't necessarily have their aunts or their moms who are in STEM fields, so they don't have anyone to look up to right. that is the same gender as them. So it's hard for them to envision pursuing a STEM field when they get older and they want to do a career uh, because they simply don't have those role models in their lives. We also found that a lot of women don't pursue STEM fields because they don't think it's creative. 
and they don't think they can make an impact, which is why we see so many women in teaching and social work positions, which are great. Um, but girls need to know that they can use their creative skills also in STEM fields. Interesting. So you're seeing that a lot of the time girls don't even think they're, they're like full expression of their potential can be achieved through STEM. They think they're just going to be like, eh, 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 like doing lab work. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we actually, in our sessions, in our 3D printing sessions that last two hours, the girls design a 3D printed item first, and then they learn how to CAD during the sessions. And then we actually teach them how to 3D print and print their items. So they can actually see from start to finish the design process, and they actually get to take home a 3D printed item. And they're like, whoa, look what I made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's pretty fun. That's really cool. So you guys started here in Chicago, right? So we were co-founded at the University of Illinois, okay. um, and then we were part of the iVenture Accelerator there and have since expanded to Chicago at Northwestern and at Cambridge with students from Harvard at MIT, and then we have future expansion plans for this fall. Cool. So just like a quick overview, where are the places that you operate out of? So the main ones are the ones that I just mentioned, and we're also going to expand to University of Texas, Austin, uh, University of Michigan, MSOE in Milwaukee and we also have our mobile truck. So we have a mobile truck that goes across the country and teaches our sessions. So we have 15 3D printers from Ultimaker, and then we create a pop-up shop so we can go basically anywhere uh, as long as there is electricity. And the purpose of the mobile truck is to bring Maker Girl to girls in rural and underserved communities. I grew up in a rural area that didn't have uh, much access to innovative learning opportunities. Mm. So. Uh, the real goal there is to show girls in those field or in those areas that STEM is accessible for them to hopefully encourage them to pursue STEM um, at the high school and college level, as well to encourage their parents to take their daughters um, and bring STEM activities to them at home um, and take their daughters to potentially universities around them that have these cool learning opportunities and um just to encourage that. Rural areas, have you ever thought of like maybe where there's not as much access to technology, low tech ways that mm. this initiative mm -hmm. can still kind of be implemented in maybe what whatever kind of rural area? Sure. When you're living in a community where there isn't as much access to quote unquote STEM-based opportunities, there is a lot of opportunity to learn about the world around you and build with your hands. For example, um, I would go with my dad in the tractor um, in the fields and he would teach me about the way that, you know, there's um, the way the tractor works and how mm. the food that we eat on the table is then taken to China and then shipped back here. So there's a lot of opportunity in rural areas to um, learn about agriculture and other mechanical fields. And I think just instilling that greater curiosity to learn about the world around um, oneself is important, especially in a rural area, because there is access um, to that innovative learning, um, but it doesn't look the same as in a city. That's a cool example. I'm glad uh, you said that. Have you ever thought about interesting other startups or organizations on like the education level or the government level that uh, what would be a, 
interesting way for you to collaborate with more kind of established institutions and spread this STEM education to, to young girls? Sure. So I think a great example is that we're trying to partner with Girl Scouts more. So Girl Scouts has uh, hundreds of thousands of girls in the United States that are in Girl Scouts. So if we could gain further access to those young people and teach them about Maker Girl and how to 3D print, uh, that is one way that we are doing it. And we're also potentially going to make a Maker Girl patch, which would be really cool, so that when the girls in Girl Scouts go through our program, they would get a Maker Girl patch. Like um, how you get the achievement patches? Like, I just caught a bird oh i just went through maker girl yeah like, exactly it was probably a bad example <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> i think that's an amazing example <laughs> and uh an idea i had was what if every public school had an hour what they, they could give back to an organization in their area that's doing work like maker girl so we could come in and teach our program at a school during school hours mm. um so that you know it's not a matter of oh i have to take my kid to this after school it's like no this is already implemented into the curriculum i really and like then, that for libraries, what if every library had a, a maker girl studio or some sort of maker space to encourage building at the local level? Yeah, if more school libraries had some kind of maker area or component, people could do hands-on work at the school. Like you just said, it being implemented into the curriculum, like most schools probably aren't doing like much interesting, not, not anything nearly as interesting as if you guys were able to come in for an hour during their day. Like that would be a quality education in, in itself. Oh, definitely. I think schools don't necessarily have the capacity or the know-how with 3D printing. So that's what mm -hmm. we can come in and bring our 3D printers because a school doesn't necessarily need to have 15 3D printers. But that's right. where we can come in and bring our printers and do a pop-up shop for the young people where they can learn about it uh, and learn about a different industry that's using 3D printing. Kind of going off that tangent, how do you guys think that schools in general can do a better job of encouraging STEM in an engaging way that it's mm -hmm. not like like I think part of this is also that a lot of schools in the way that they teach and introduce STEM is kind of bland how do you think schools could do better to to teach mm -hmm. STEM at mm -hmm. an early age yeah I think it would be helpful to bring in folks that are currently in those fields for example nike is doing a lot of work with 3d printing and what if they brought in an industry leader from nike to talk about their jobs and with that i think also it's really up to the teachers to kind of validate the young people and not say only that girls are pretty um, but also really validate that they're smart because a lot of times it really is a societal issue where older people or instructors or teachers are really validating the women and young girls about their looks rather than their actions and their abilities so really making sure that both the men and the women in the classrooms are being validated for their achievements and their ability to do things and not just um, maybe their innate qualities um, such as looks can we talk a little bit more about that? Like, how do we do better to to change that stigma together or to change the way that we uh, validate? Everyone is surrounded by a young person, whether it be in your church, whether it be a cousin or a niece or a nephew. You can call that person a builder. 
You can call that person a maker. You can call that person a future scientist or engineer when you see them doing that kind of work. And instilling that mindset and that confidence in them is really where it starts. Yeah, and showing them the possibilities that they can be an engineer, they can be a builder, because a lot of times these young people don't even know what's out there. So really allowing um, those opportunities through language is really important. Definitely starts at home. So I think encouraging through what the activities that the children pursue. And then also in media, uh, there's definitely a mm. lacking amount of mm-hmm. women engineers on TV shows and in movies. And I think the media industry is changing a bit and they are creating a lot of more shows that kind of demonstrate that but continue to but continuing to have lead characters that are women and powerful um, and that are smart Uh, there are not enough of them there are definitely a lot of statistics out there uh, that show that so really embodying those new leaders in at home and in the media and in film I want to talk a little bit more about your guys' work now. What are your goals look like right now, maybe the next six months to a year? And how can people listening with whatever they're doing potentially support you guys to, uh, to achieve those goals? Like Julia mentioned in the beginning, we are expanding to Harvard and MIT, as well as University of Michigan, UT Austin, UCSF, and we are continuing to do the Maker Girl Goes mobile truck to educate girls in rural and underserved locations. We have a goal of every academy, which is our university location, to educate 100 girls per semester. And then on the side of that, we bring our 3D printing sessions to companies like LinkedIn, and we're currently working with other companies to do that for Bring Your Kids to Work Day. So with those um, company Um, happy hours and bring your kids to work days we are educating more children but those are also great fundraising opportunities and awareness opportunities for us to bring our sessions to more parents who can spread the word among their friends yeah and to get more involved too you can visit our website at www.makergirl.us and especially if you're a university student and want to lead an academy uh, you can sign up uh, and we'll definitely be in contact with you whoa Super quick intermission. If you're looking for a great website and brand identity that turns heads and converts, check out oheni.com. That's O-H-E-I-N-E.com to schedule a free consultation. Mention the Do Good podcast and you will receive 10% off your first project. Oheni, by the way, designed the Do Good logo and icon. He's super cool and he'll do you right. Okay, right back to the podcast. Cool. Can we talk about more a little bit more about your mobile truck? <laughs> like how that works? So currently only about 5% of philanthropic dollars actually go to rural communities. So we're bringing those dollars that we fund to the local communities and at the local level because they simply don't have the resources to kind of provide a different type of education or opportunity to young people. So that's why we created Maker Girls Mobile. And this summer we have educated about 500 girls thus far. And at the end we, uh, we will have educated 600, which is really exciting to us. And we've partnered with some amazing organizations such as Notre Dame, uh, the Wharton School of Business, the Wing out of Boston, uh, the Boston Children's Museum. And we have two university students and they have led our sessions over the summer and they've done an amazing job and it's really exciting to see and hear all the stories that they come back home with 
And then we've had a lot of really cool accolades through Maker Girl Goes Mobile. For example, on our first mobile truck, which was in 2016, we had one small community in Arkansas declare a National Maker Girl Day by the mayor. Um, as well, it encourages parents to do innovative learning at home through uh, Tinkercad, where girls can craft something on their own. They don't necessarily need Maker Girl to do that, and just encourage that uh, curiosity and love of learning at home. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Like that's something that really interests me. So if we're if we're on the topic of instilling curiosity and engagement at, at a very young age, I you know you see a lot of the time how um, young people's toys are very polarizing. Maybe there are certain kind of like marketing incentives that exists for these companies. How how do we how do we incentivize companies to change the way they market? Sure. Well, I think it's definitely kind of like a business decision. I I think a lot of these toy companies, if they do market to one sex, it's really limiting because you're limiting it by 50%. So if you kind of change the colors and you change the advertising to include women and diverse women, that would actually change kind of the demographic of who their customers are. So if they see the value in marketing to all types of people, all types of young people, showing companies that it is important uh, and that it is a good business decision because these businesses they're trying to make money right so if they see that they can make a difference and that they can generate revenue through a new revenue stream i think that would be really valuable to them and to the community i like that like it's at the end of the day it doesn't even have to be purely a moral or an ethical thing but literally if you want to expand Yeah, exactly. And in one study by McKinsey, they said that if there was total women's equality, it would add about $12 trillion to the global growth and the economy. So Wow, yeah. So just purely bottom line, like it just makes sense on a business level. Wake up, people. (laughs) I can add to that. A majority of people today want to work for a company with a social mission. It's actually proven that 9 out of 10 professionals are willing to take a pay cut for social purpose work. So if you're a company and you want to attract the best of the best talent, you also need to have a social mission and it is toy companies or companies' responsibility to think about the end user. Therefore, they need to think about how they can engage children in learning at home if you are a toy company and how to engage children from different genders, different diversities, different ages, etc. What do you think would be an interesting kind of collaboration maybe between an educational institution and a government level institution? Or what would you like to see, who knows, what would you like to see happen between maybe like Chicago Public Schools and the the city to start implementing some of these kinds of things? Or The Chicago Public Schools particularly, we would love if we had uh, make a girl session at each of their schools because they do have a really diverse community um, and they do really need um, different types of education to kind of continue um, being excellent um, and improving the education system not only in Illinois but across the, uh, the United States. Are there any kinds of other organizations that aren't quite in your industry that might be interesting to entertain a, a collaboration between maybe not maker girl specifically but like how might a maker movement startup partner with i don't know like a fashion brand on a on a campaign or how might they partner 
with like some sports team on a campaign or who knows you, you know what i'm saying like yeah so i think what's interesting about 3d printing is it does have a lot of diversity of influence and abilities so kind of back to your example of fashion bobble bar is using 3d printing in their design process with their jewelry and then with nike they're using 3d printing with creating customized shoes having kind of a maker girl in one of their advertising or partnering with different organizations to not only show the capabilities of their own company but also highlight the capabilities and the influence that startups are having and that education is having with these young people to then grow those young people into potential customers in the next five to ten years what do you guys think the future of 3d printing or maker education looks like i know right now that you're able to provide these resources but they might not necessarily be the most accessible things because of of pricing or what do you see in the next few years those like these resources possibly becoming more accessible or the ways that we use them to teach evolving I definitely think more people have 3D printers in their homes going forward and that one day there will be a 3D printer that is accessible and at a price point where people can buy it in their home so that their kids can potentially tinker and make their own toy at home or if an adult who needs a screw or something for to fix it at home project can make that. Is there anything I did not mention that you guys would like to talk about? We've educated 3,600 girls today in 18 states. Much of that is due to the work of our changemaker team at all of our universities, as well as our full-time folks, Stephanie Hine and Mary Hadley. We're really excited about the future of Maker Girl going forward, especially with uh, them in charge. Amazing. You actually reminded me about one last question that I wanted to ask, which is, What does it look like when you go to partner with a school? Like, how does that process work? Usually we have a teacher or a principal championing Maker Girl coming into the school. So you get connected with someone internally who can advocate for you. Yeah, and that's something if educators across the United States are interested in having us visit their school, definitely email us at info at makergirl.us. Because with our summer road trips, we are always looking for individual partners. And that's why Maker Girl is really cool is because you can go everywhere and partner with local institutions and broader institutions, as I mentioned before. Amazing. Well... Thank you guys so much for taking your time to talk with me today. I think we had a really cool conversation and hopefully people get some insight, get some knowledge, get some Mm -hmm. actionable advice out of this so we can all do better to kind of push this forward together. Yes. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you for sharing our story and for advocating for other organizations that are doing good in their communities. Hey, (laughs) whoever you are, wherever you are, thank you so much because every single listen counts and if you know anyone who you think would benefit or might start taking action based on what you just heard sharing is caring every time you share an episode it really does push the needle forward for the do good collab so that we can push the envelope and continue to create a truly collaborative cognitively diverse ecosystem of passionate people ready to do good. Tune in in five days.